You're listening to the Grace Family Church Podcast. Notes for today's sermon are available by downloading the GFC Florida app. Well, hey, Grace Family Church. Good morning. Good morning. Good morning. So glad you guys are here. Hey, my name is Mike, and I'm the campus pastor at our South Tampa location. Hey, can we welcome all of our campuses that are joining right now across all of Tampa Bay? And I don't know about you, but man, I love our church. Don't you love our church? Like, I'm so excited for what God's doing. I'm excited for over 500 people signed up for baptism. And family is our middle name. I hope this weekend, I hope today, you go out and you uh, connect with some people getting baptized, cheer them on, because we're all in that church family together. And so, so glad we were able to come. And I'm so glad I'm here to close out this series called Hit Space. If you haven't heard the messages, maybe you should go back and listen to to the podcast because, man, we talked about how to create space to listen to the voice of God, how to create space in our moral lives, sort of build in that moral margin. And today we're going to talk about hitting space in our schedule. And for me, this is one of those that honestly, I feel like I need. Anybody else need a little space in your schedule? Like anyone else feel like, like life is busy, there's a lot going on? Uh, I feel like that's happening all the time. If you're married, like you're trying to figure out how do I you know, connect with my spouse, hang out together, build that time in. If you're single, you're trying to figure out how to get everything done and you're trying to make sure how do you date, how do you work, you know, how much you work, how much you do some things. If you have kids, you know, you've got sports and you've got traveling sports and you've got 18 sports they can be a part of. And then you got work and you're trying to figure out how much to work and it seems like everything that's happening in our world it's so busy, and then with our phones, we're so connected to everything going on, and it feels like all the information's coming in, and our schedules are busy, our minds are overloaded, and at times, we can just feel overloaded. We can feel like there's a lot happening in our world. I know that's true for me, but honestly, the reason why I feel overloaded at times is not because, man, I have so much to do. A lot of times, it's because I say yes to too much. Anybody else say yes to too much? Uh, for me, I am, an, I am an extroverted optimist, which means I love being around people and I don't think ever anything is too much. I think I can do everything. Uh, when our kids were little, my, uh, I had uh, uh, our home association of our condo came to me and said, hey, we would love for you to be on the home association, like homeowners association. And you would think, why would you ever wanna be on a homeowners association? And the answer is, I don't know, because I'm an extroverted optimist. Now, this is gonna be amazing. I can bring about change. And I got about two months into being on this homeowners association, and we're talking about finding people for planting the wrong plants. And I'm like, what did I say yes to this for? Like, what happened? But I think for a lot of us, that's our zone, right? Like, the reason why we're so busy and we have so much going on is because we said yes to so much. But honestly, it's not, like we said yes to so much, but none of it's bad. In fact, probably the time for me where I felt the most overwhelmed, the most exhausted was when our kids were little and the church I was working at was growing. In fact, we were at the time, we were the ninth fastest growing church in America. Like God was moving, doing amazing things. And we had churches from outside of our church call us and say, hey, we know that you guys are growing, come help us figure out how. So I was traveling a few times a month, speaking at churches, helping churches, helping their staffs. Their churches were growing, our church was growing, like God was moving and it was like, like all of the prayers we were praying were being answered. And I remember we were married for eight years and my wife and I and my kids, we went on vacation to go see my wife's family in Columbus, Ohio. And I remember we sat on the edge of the bed where we were staying in the mother-in-law suite and the kids went off to go play with their cousin. 
And I remember sitting on the bed and then we both kind of just fell back and looked at the ceiling. And my wife said to me, Mike, I feel like I'm a single mom in this season. I feel like the way you're doing ministry is martyring me. And I remember when she said that, it it was this weird feeling because honestly, I felt like on the career side and what God was doing on the work side, and honestly, it's it's tricky as a pastor because you feel like God is blessing and God is moving and God is doing these things. But when she said that to me, I realized that I had not created space and the way I was doing the work of God was killing the work of God in her and killing the work of God in her family. And I don't know if this is true for men and for women, but I know for a lot of us guys, it's easy to drift over towards our work and find our value and do some of those things. And there are times we have to look on and go, hey, the way that we're doing the work of God may not, may not be helping the work of God in our family. We have to create space. And so this weekend, we're gonna talk about how to create space, even when there's so many good things to choose from. There's so many good things to do. And here's what we're gonna talk about, and here's kind of the main point of the message this weekend, is that space isn't necessarily created by doing less. It's not created by doing less. In fact, I could give some tools and say, hey, this is how you eliminate 50% of everything that you do. But honestly, our world is so busy, we would fill up the time. It's not about creating less. Space is created by doing the right things. Space is created when we decide that we're actually going to say yes to the right things and honestly say no to the wrong things. But for a lot of us, and this is the tension that I have at times and the tension that so many people I interact with have, is we don't know what the right things are. We've never actually sat down and said, what are the right things in our lives? So this weekend, what we're gonna talk about is how do we know what the right things to say yes to are? In order to do that, we're gonna look in the Old Testament and we're gonna look at a story of someone that we probably know, story of a guy named Moses. And those of you who don't know who Moses is, Moses really was, he was the leader of Israel. In fact, he went and went into Egypt and delivered the Israelites out of Egypt. And really God delivered them, but God used Moses. Delivered them out of Egypt. They went through the Red Sea, God part of the Red Sea. Moses led them through it. And then they found themselves on the other side of the Red Sea, a free nation for the first time in hundreds of years. And so God is moving, he's doing some amazing things. And Jethro, Moses' father-in-law, hears about this and he actually decides, he says, Jethro, the priest of Midian and the father-in-law of Moses heard of everything God had done for Moses and for his people, Israel, and how the Lord had brought Israel out of Egypt. Like he's hearing about everything that's happening. And so Jethro decides, it says that Jethro, Moses' father-in-law, together with Moses' sons, and Moses' wife, that's gonna be important to the story later, he came to him in the wilderness where he was camped near the mountain of God. So Jethro hears about what's happening and he goes to Moses and he just wants to hear about what's happening. He's like, Moses, tell me stories. And essentially they get behind a campfire and Moses tells stories and he talks about the Red Sea. Like, can you imagine hearing it firsthand? He talks about how God split the Red Sea. He talks about the plagues in Egypt, how he stood in front of Pharaoh and he threw his his staff down and it turned into a snake. Like he talks about all these stories. He talks about the battle with the Amalekites and Jethro has to be blown away. As a father-in-law, impressed, blown away and in awe of what God's doing. Then they get done telling stories, probably a late night. They go to bed and they wake up the next day And the next day, Moses took his seat to serve as judge for the people. And they stood around him from morning till evening. Now, you gotta remember, Israel, they've not been free in hundreds of years. 
And so Moses as their leader has to decide how he's gonna lead this nation. And here's how he decides to lead the nation. He takes his seat, probably not in as comfortable of a stool as I'm in right now, but he takes his seat and he decides the way that we're gonna deal with problems in this nation is everyone is gonna come to me and I am going to solve their problem. And so get in line, and people got in line. Over 30,000 people are, are, are in the nation of Israel. Now, you know what happens when 30,000 people who have only been slaves that are now free, that are living in the hot, dirty, sandy desert in tents, not sure where their food's gonna come from, not sure where their water's gonna come from. You know what happens in that kind of environment? <laughs> there is drama. Like people fighting on Facebook drama, like people, like, like drama, like in your family, go home for Christmas, everyone fights, drama. That's happening all across the nation of Israel. And his solution is, line up. I'm gonna hear your stories and I'm gonna decide which one's right and which one's wrong. Because at this point, he is the man of God. He is the decider, he is the one. Now, if you have kids, you know what this is like. Because I have two boys, my boys are 15 and 13, and this isn't as applicable now, but man, I feel like their whole life, what happened was they would get into a fight. And one thing I've learned about your kids getting into a fight when you have more than one kid is never believe the first one. The first one just got to you first. Our youngest is usually the first one. He'll come to us and go, Dad, Karsten hit me. And immediately I used to be like, he hit you? We don't hit each other, that's not what we do. But then I would hear Karsten's side of the story and realize you kind of deserved it. Like, I would have hit you too, like it just happened, right? But even that, like, like you, know, you know how many times that happens throughout the day till finally, it's like, guys, go to your room, stop. Go to your room, we're done, stop like that. Well imagine the whole nation of Israel lining up to tell you their drama and tell you their issues. But this was a solution. This is the way Moses structured the nation. This was, how, this was how he was going to be the ruler. And he gets done for the day, and gets up on his seat, dusts himself off, and he goes and spends time with, with, with his father-in-law. And his father-in-law, I love what he said. He said, what you are doing is not good. Like, hey Moses, I don't know what you're thinking but the way that you've structured your life, see, Moses had a work issue. And the way Moses decided to fix his work issue, it wasn't working. It wasn't working. And I think for a lot of us, when we try to solve issues and we try to solve schedule issues and just suck it up and be strong and just go after it, I, I think that if we were to look at your schedule or maybe have a conversation with your spouse or talk to the people around you, I go, hey, tell me about their schedule. I think what they say is, it's just not good. The way they're living their life, the way they're structuring their life, the way they're going about things, it's just not good. I think part of the reason why it wasn't good and why Jethro said this is because when Jethro came to visit Moses, who did Jethro come with? He came with Moses' wife and his sons. Why was Moses' wife and sons with their father-in-law? It's because a couple chapters earlier, Moses and his wife gets into an argument and instead of dealing with it, Moses sent his wife and his sons away because he did not have the space and did not have the margin to deal with it. And I think for a lot of us, to be honest, and I've seen this as a pastor having conversations with men, this is primarily men and this probably happens with women too, that what happens is that it gets complicated at home. 
It gets complex. And what we do when it gets complex at home, we drift towards the area where we feel like we can be successful, and that's usually work. And so we don't send our families away physically, but we send them away emotionally. I remember when my kids were young, my, our kids are 23 months apart. And I tell people, hey, I am so glad that we had our kids close together after the first year. The first year of our second kid, I remember looking at my wife going, why did we do this? Why did you do this to me? Why did you talk me into it? Like the longer it went, the more it was her fault. Why did we choose down this path? Because it was so stressful and so much. And during that season where she said to me, she felt like a single mom, part of it was it was so complex at home and so hard at home. I felt like, hey, I don't know how to be successful with these little kids. I don't know what to do. So I gravitated towards work. That's what a lot of us do. We, we send our family away emotionally and we lean towards the area of success. And that is not good. And so we have to look at our schedules and look at the way we're living our lives and ask ourselves, how do we do the right things? Now Jethro actually gives Moses a plan of what to do because he says it's not good. And he says, you and these people who come to you will only wear yourselves out. The work is too heavy for you. You cannot handle it alone. Essentially what he's saying to Moses is, Moses, the way that you're handling your work life right now is that you're trying to solve immediate issues, but you're not looking into the future. Because if you were to look into the future, you'd realize the way you're living right now is not gonna lead you towards the future you want. The first thing that we have to do when we're looking at our schedules to create space is we've gotta focus on our future. We've gotta ask ourselves not, how do I solve the issues that I'm dealing with right now, but how do I look into my future and determine who do I wanna be and where do I wanna go? In fact, I wrote down a list of areas for us to go through, and, and I think one of the best things you can do, and maybe you do it today, maybe you go to the beach early before baptism and you bring a notepad, or maybe you have a conversation with your spouse, or if you're single, maybe you need to write some of this down as well, but you go through and go, in your marriage, where do you wanna be? Three months from now, where do you want your marriage to be? A year from now, five years from now? Your kids, your relationship with them, your physical life, your relationship with God, your intellectual life, your career. But to sit down and instead of just solving the immediate issues, the fires that are in front of you, asking yourself the question, where do I want to be in the future? And when we do this, we actually create a target for us to aim at that helps determine what we do and what we don't do. So we decide our future. For us, my wife and I, we actually have sat down and, and done some of these. Um, the, for marriage, one of the things we've said is when our kids uh, like become like old enough to move out, that we wanna throw two parties when we become empty nesters. We wanna throw a going away party, like so glad you're gone. <laughs> but then we privately wanna throw a party, like we're so glad we don't have those two jokers living with us anymore. Not because we don't like living with them, but because the, the goal is that she and I like each other so much that we always secretly want them gone. Because, okay, they, because we just like each other. That we're so excited about hanging out together and we're spending that time together. For parenting, for us, kind of the, the phrase is, we wanna have our kids want to be around us in, even when they don't have to be. Which means when they move out, like the goal is, when they move out, they're gonna wanna come back and visit. They're gonna wanna come over for dinner. They're gonna wanna hang out with us. We wanna build a relationship with them now so that when they move out, that relationship is strong. 
for, for my career. One of my goals is, is to develop the next generation of leaders. I think the church is the hope of the world. And as a pastor, I wanna raise up the next generation of leaders because I think the next wave of what God's doing, like God is, I mean, we know this, we have over 500 people signed up for baptism. I don't know if you know this or not, that's kind of a move of God. Like God is moving to Tampa Bay right now, everybody. Like it's amazing, yeah. And we gotta keep raising up the next generation of leaders. Like, I believe that, that's a goal for me. But for me, it's just sitting down and asking ourselves the question, what's the future for you? Do you know? If we were to sit down and I were to ask you, do you know where the future is? Do you know where you, where you wanna be in a couple months or in a year or five years from now? And, and I'll say this too, it's, it's not just in marriage, not just with kids. If you're single, I think one of the best things you can do is sit down and draw out your future and write out your future. And the reason why is, because if you're looking for someone to date, one of the best ways to know if they're the right person for you is to actually write out what your future is and what you, where you wanna go. Because if they're not moving in that direction, they're not going there, it's easy. Those people don't fit in, your, in where, where God is calling you to be. And so it just doesn't work out. Like I'd encourage you to write those things down. So we have to focus on our future. And then here's what Jethro says. He says, he says listen now to me, and I will give you some advice and may God be with you. Now he gives Moses the advice he needs in his exact situation. We're not gonna look at his advice, but if you are a leader, if you're a business owner, I'd encourage you to go back and actually look at it because it's, it's actually really good advice for to structure some things at work, but he just gives him specific advice. And then he says this, he says, if you do this and God so commands, you will be able to stand the strain and all these people will go home satisfied. So he lays out, this is what you need to do in light of the future that you need to have. And the second thing for us is we have to create habits based on where you wanna be. The first thing is we focus on our future and determine where do we wanna go, and then we create habits that will help us get there. John Maxwell says this, he says, the secret of your success is found in your daily routine. Charles Duhigg, who wrote the book, The Power of Habit, he says that, one more, there you go. He says, there's nothing you can't do if you get the habits right. There's nothing you can't do if you get the habits right. And once you determine, hey, where do you wanna be in your future? You have to ask yourself, what do I need to do daily, weekly, monthly, and yearly to get there? What do I need to change? What do I need to do? What are some of those things? Like, like for example, for my wife and I, we said in our marriage, we said that we want to throw two parties. Well, that means we're gonna have to like each other a lot. And so for us, we've just decided we, we wanna be friends, so we have to do things now what the friends do. Like we've got to hang out together. Like the other night we went on a bike ride and, uh, and, and, and my bike wasn't working and so I rode my son's bike. We went on a bike ride. I rode his mountain bike and I broke his mountain bike. Okay, it was, it was awesome, it was a good time. We, we played tennis together. Uh, my wife played tennis in college. You know what it's like to play tennis with someone who played tennis in college? I'll tell you what it's like, I just run a lot. That's all it is. It is fun for her and it's funny for her and it's exhausting for me because if I can get one back, it barely works. Like it just doesn't work out. But we play tennis together, we do hobbies together, we hang out together, we go to dinner together, we have conversations together. Because if you wanna be friends in the future, you have to work on the friendship now. If you're married, you gotta go on dates. You gotta spend time together. You gotta hang out together. You gotta have the hard conversation. You can't get stuck. You can't get stuck. If you feel stuck in your marriage right now, you've gotta get unstuck. You've gotta work through some things. Like, you've gotta do it. 
Like for us, we, we, for parenting, we want our kids to wanna be around us even, even when they don't have to be. Well, that's important for us. It's also spending time with them. We, we actually do every other week dates with our kids. Leanne takes one, I take the other, and every other Saturday we go on dates. And we kind of ask them, what do you guys wanna do? Then we do what we wanna do, then we do, do what they wanna do. And whenever we ask them what they wanna do, it's usually one or two things. We're either playing basketball or we're playing video games and we're hanging out doing that. The frustrating thing about that, let me just be completely honest, is, is I didn't realize this. I'll tell you something I didn't realize. I didn't realize that when you become a parent, that you are both proud when your son beats you at something, but also you hate when your son beats you at something. Anybody else surprised by that? Like I've never, like I've always seen kids that are like, I quit. Like they get mad when they lose. They're like, I quit. And they throw the, I'll tell you what, as an adult man, my sons beat me every time we play video games and I have quit in the middle multiple times. This is stupid. I hate this game. I hate this. And you know what? I don't like this time with you anyways. I quit. I'm done. And then I come back and I apologize and all that stuff. But like I, like I hate it. Same thing in basketball. In basketball, it's amazing. My, my kids, they are, um, they, 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 my oldest son can beat me in basketball now. And I'm six foot four. He's like five eight. I'm six foot four. And he can beat me in basketball. And I love the fact he can beat me in basketball. And I hate the fact he can beat me in basketball. I have learned the best thing to do when I play him in basketball is foul him. That's all I can do. That's all I got, okay? But, but we do think, if you, if you wanna be friends with your kids, if you wanna have a relationship with your kids, you've gotta do some things that they like. You've gotta connect with them on their level and do some of that. Now, the problem with talking about all this, let me just say this as kind of a disclaimer. It sounds like when I talk about it that I've got it all together. I, I wanna make sure you know, I do not have all of this together. I have not figured all this out. And we, we get off track and we get off base and we don't figure it out but it's a goal for us to aim at. The whole point of focusing on our future is, is you go, hey, I, that's where I wanna go. And you'll drift, but then you try to come back, and you drift and you try to come back. And you gotta have the conversation. And the fact that we actually wrote out some of these things for us has been so good because Leanne, it, and this was three weeks ago, three weeks ago she said, hey, she pointed out a behavior that I was doing with my kids, and she goes, hey, can I, can I say something to you? which isn't always great. I'm not always like, yes, I would love for you to correct the way I'm acting. Like, I don't always love all that. But for some reason, she called me at the right time. She's really good at timing. And she said, hey, I think the way that you're interacting with your kids in this scenario is not creating the relationship that you want with them long-term. Because she knows the relationship I want with them long-term. Because we've talked about the relationship I want with them long-term. Because we decided what the future wants to be. When you determine where you wanna be in the future, it helps you and the people around you and the people close to you keep you accountable to the future, not that they want for you, that you want for you. And then we create habits. Then we create habits. And then it says in verse 24, and let me just be honest, this is the hardest part. It said, Moses listened to his father-in-law and he did everything he said. The third thing is this, do what it takes every day. Because it's easy to create the future. And it's easy to talk about the habits. But it's hard to do it. We all know it's hard to do it. Because you know what to do in order to be more healthy, don't you? In fact, has anyone quit a diet this year? Anybody else quit a diet? You set a diet, you quit a diet, you had a New Year's resolution. You know what to do. 
And for me, like I quit stuff all the time. I'll be honest with you. I, because my son is better than me at basketball, but he loves basketball, I'm like, you know what? I'm going to get better. And I'm going to go 20 minutes a day, and I'm just going to go outside, and I'm going to play basketball. And I did it for three days, and I haven't done it since. Not at all. Okay? I thought I'm going to be awesome at basketball, and I realized fouling him really is the best way to play him. So I don't do it. Um, I, 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 I've decided that, hey, I want to, I, I watch, anybody else watch The Office? I watch The Office, and uh, there's, there's a, a part where Roy, one of the characters, uh, learns how to play an instrument and surprises his wife playing the piano and singing her song, and I'm like, that's amazing, I'm gonna do it. And I happen to work with tons of musicians, right? Like, I, I work with a lot of people who know how to play music, I'm like, I can do this, this is gonna be amazing, it's romantic, I'm gonna surprise my wife, we have a keyboard at home, and I have never done it, like never done it, okay? Like there's a lot of things that for us, we know we should do and we just don't do it. And honestly, it's hard to do it. It's hard to change because we got a lot going on. And to change up our schedule and do some things and change our habits, like it's not easy. You can talk about it. It's easy to talk about. It's hard to do. My encouragement though is, is to ask ourselves, what are the small things we can change that will lead to us to lead us to a completely different future? What are the small changes? And I think if we start making small tweaks in our schedule, I think we can do it. And let me just say this to the guys, because some of us guys, like you're looking at your life right now and you're looking at your schedule and you're looking at like all you have to do at work and all you have to do at home. And honestly, you're, you're trying to, man, how do I make these changes? How do I do it? I, I would encourage you or challenge you or maybe just, just, just push a little bit. Like guys, we need you to initiate all this. Like we need you to be leaders in this. Like, like God has called you to be a leader, not a father. Like, like God has called you to lead your family spiritually. And if you came to church this weekend on any of our campuses and your wife dragged you to church and you tried to talk her out of it and you weren't sure about it and you kind of complained about it all the way here, like this could be a moment to say, where do you want to be in the future in your life with God and your relationship with God? Like this is the moment to step into it. This is the moment to decide, you know what? I haven't been the husband. I haven't been the dad. I, I haven't spiritually been where I needed to be. And I hope this weekend is a weekend that just God speaks to you and wakens you up so that you decide that you're gonna do what it takes every day. There's a verse in 1 Corinthians. I feel like it's a very, like for me, it's very relatable. I feel like it's a very masculine almost verse. It says, I strike a body, or I strike a blow to my body and I make it my slave so that after I've preached to others, I myself will not be disqualified for the prize. Like this verse, the idea of, I don't wanna do it, but I will strike my body and make it my slave. Like I love that and it's all good in theory, but it's hard to do. But we have to choose every day, we're gonna wake up. Because it's easy to decide it today, but tomorrow is when we have to start. And the reason why is this, is because vision without execution is just a hallucination. Your, your kids, your kids aren't gonna determine the type of parent you are based on the vision you have for them. It's gonna be based on what you do tomorrow. Your, your, your spouse is not gonna determine how your marriage is based on your intentions. It'll be based on your actions. What do you need to start doing that will lead you towards the future you want? What do you need to stop doing? Like what's getting in the way of your relationships right now? What's getting in the way of the future you know you want? What are the behaviors that you know you need to give up and you know they're leading you in a, in a direction that you don't need to lead to? 
but it's time. And I hope this weekend is a defining moment for you and I that we can decide this weekend that we are going to start some things and we're gonna stop some things because the future that God has for us is bigger than the direction that we're going. And then here's the last thing. The fourth thing is this, is don't trade short-term satisfaction for long-term significance. The reason why I said this is because your, your goals, and when you sit out and go, here's what I wanna be in the future, and marriage, and kids, and career, and spiritual lives, they're gonna collide. You're gonna have times in your lives where you, in order to do the right thing for your marriage, it's not gonna work out in your career, or do the right things in your career, not gonna be right in your marriage. And I would say this, I think it's important for us, and here's kind of the, the layout that I had, it's to actually decide what's gonna be the, like what's the order of your life? What's the priority in your life? And for me, this is, it's, it's God and then marriage, because I think, I think the relationship with your kids, like you gotta put your marriage above your kids. <laughs> here's the reason why because they're gonna marry someone someday and they are gonna leave you behind, leave you behind. And then you're gonna be stuck with your marriage. So marriage, you gotta get marriage there. Then your kids and physical and career, like you've gotta decide what the order is for you. And then when they conflict with each other, it's not gonna happen all the time and you can't go to all the games. And we told our kids, we'll go to all the games we can. In fact, I missed a game for my boys this weekend because I was here. I can't go to all the games, but most of the time, I'm gonna lean in the direction of my priorities. I'm gonna lean in the area of significance. So, nine years ago, sitting on the bed in Columbus, Ohio, <laughs> looking at the ceiling, hear my wife tell me she feels like a single mom. After the vacation, we went home. We were living in Fort Myers at the time, and I went to my then assistant and I said, cancel everything. And I don't know why it was a wake-up call, but it was a wake-up call. Like if you're in a place right now and your spouse or you would say it's not good, like I hope this is a wake-up call. I said, cancel everything. Cancel every night meeting I have. Cancel every traveling thing I have. And then Leanne and I sat down and we said, all right, let's talk about our future. And we went through a process like this and said, hey, we wanna be friends. Like we want it to be one to 10, we wanna have a 10 marriage in 15 years. Well, how many date nights do we need to have in a month? How many vacations do we need to go on? How much time do we gotta to spend together? What does our daily routine look like? We wanna engage with our kids, what does that look like? And we, we started this process of laying this out. And I'm telling you, we, we still, it's still like, we still get off track. It still gets a little bit off track, but we just find our center and go, how do we get back? And it drifts and we come back and drifts and comes back. But the fact that we decided what our future is going to be, I'm telling you, nine years later, where we are, it's not perfect, but where we are, where I am with our kids and like all those things, it, it is way different than it was going. It was heading in a direction I never wanted to end up at. And I believe that can be true for all of us. I believe this weekend, if you decide that you're gonna focus on your future and you're gonna set habits, and then really this week, you're gonna start, that you're gonna decide to do it. I believe in a month from now, I believe you'll start to see a difference. Three months from now, other people will start to notice. And a year from now, you'll be in a whole different place than you are at this moment. But in order to do that, I don't know about you, but we need God's help. And so I'm gonna pray for us. Would you bow your head at all of our campuses? Close your eyes. 
And if you're in a place this weekend across all of our campuses and you would say, Mike, I need help with this. Just to be honest, I'm in a place where I know I need to change and I know I need to create space. I know there's some habits I need to do in light of the future where I know I need to go. And I need the discipline to do it. If that's you, I just want you to lift up your hand right now across all of our campuses. This is an outward sign of an inward decision you're making. This is your way of saying, God, I need your help. God, I need you. This is my, my hand as I raise it. It is a point of surrender to you. And God, as we raise our hands right now, we are raising our hands, asking for your help, asking for you intervene, asking for the discipline and the courage to make some decisions that even though they're tough, God, it will lead us towards the future that you're calling us to. God, I pray you would give across all of our campuses, you would give strength to the people who are making that decision now, and that you would lead us in your direction. With every head bowed and every eye closed, for some of you, you would say this weekend that you don't need help just with your schedule, like you need God's help in general, and you've never made him the Lord of your life. Well, I believe your heavenly Father's calling to you this weekend, has brought you in here this weekend so that you can make that decision today. So if you would like to make Jesus the Lord of your life today, I'm gonna to ask you right now to lift up your hand as a sign between you and him that you are gonna make that decision to make him the Lord of your life. And I wanna pray for you. Jesus, you see our hands right now. And we choose to follow you. We choose to trust you. And we ask that you would come, not just to help us in our schedule, but help us in every area of our lives. As we make you the Lord of our lives, we turn away from our way and we acknowledge it didn't work. And God, we turn towards you. And we pray that you would meet us where we're at. In Jesus' name, amen, amen. Hey, I'm gonna invite all of our campus pastors up across our campuses to close out the service. Thank you for listening to the Grace Family Church Podcast. For more info, check out gfcflorida.com or connect with us by texting the word CONNECT to 81313. We look forward to meeting you at one of our locations soon.